Welcome to this week's podcast from Terelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to terelgancitychurch.com or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, church. Uh, welcome this morning. Um, to the house of the Lord, even though we're not physically meeting in the house, but uh, we are meeting together as a church. And, you know, I hope you've been travelling okay over the past couple of weeks as, we, as we've began to pray and fast um, for this month, for 21 days. And uh, I know we're going to see some exciting things come out of that as we just continue to do that. So I hope you've been travelling good with that and uh, getting plenty of food on the day that you're fasting or after the day that you're fasting. So that should be all good. Anyway, let us pray this morning as we come and just ask the Lord to really minister into our lives this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come around your word, Lord. I know that you want to minister by your Holy Spirit into hearts and lives, Lord, this morning. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to give you all the glory and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would minister mightily by the power of your Holy Spirit into people's lives this morning in Jesus' name. It's always great to, to pray and to come around his word and uh, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, obviously we're speaking about prayer and fasting this month, so that's my topic, prayer and fasting. And I want to speak from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, just one of many scriptures that I'm going to bring this morning. And it says simply, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In Ephesians 6, as we've just read there, you know, Paul uses the word against six times and this word against is referring to hand-to-hand combat. You know, even though it's a spiritual battle, it's something that we have to enter into and we do that by coming and praying and and physically uh, just spending our time and, and sacrificing our time to ask the Lord and to seek the Lord for different things. And with that comes the fasting. And so, you know, as you're fasting, don't forget to pray. Don't forget to read his word and uh, ask him to minister into your life and to show you things. But we are against something and something is against us. As believers, we're objects of um, uh, spiritual assaults, of unseen forces, Paul describes them as principalities, powers, rulers, uh, spiritual wickedness. These are the things that he mentions in Ephesians. And we are engaged in spiritual warfare whether you uh, like it or not. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 4 says that we do not fight this war with weapons of the flesh but with the mighty weapons of God. Our warfare is not physical or material and our weapons cannot be physical or material as well. So what are our weapons? You know, well, we know that our weapons are prayer. Megan, Pastor Megan spoke about that last week, you know, about uh, prayer travelling, you know, faster than a missile, faster than the speed of sound and and hitting its target and uh, many more things that she brought as well. So prayer is a part of our spiritual battle that we can enter into. And we can be assured that when it comes to prayer, there are going to be some distractions, And I think in the book of Acts, in chapter 16, verse 16 to 8, we can read there that Paul and some of his followers, they were on their way, it says, to a place of prayer when they were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Now, she followed, they go on to say in in, uh, verse 17, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, uh, these men are servant of the Most High God, 
who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. She kept this up for many days. And finally, Paul becomes so frustrated. You can imagine that they're trying to, to go to a place of prayer. And they're trying to pray. They're trying to minister. And here's this, this girl, this slave girl, yelling out these things continually, continually, a day after day. And he becomes so annoyed and so frustrated that he turned around and he said to her, to the spirit, not to her, but he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. We see here that Paul didn't try to reason with this girl. He, he didn't tell her, you know, uh, what she was doing was wrong. He didn't go into some great speech or lecture about if you continue down this road, you know, you're going to end up and wreck your life. He just used his authority in the name of Jesus Christ and he cast that demon out of her or that spirit out of her and Jesus says he gives us power he gives us authority John chapter 14 verse 12 to 14 it says very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do uh, the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So can we ask anything in his name and he'll do it? Can, can we ask anything in his name? Well, if we have a look in Matthew 17, we can see that a father brings his son suffering from epileptic fits to the disciples to get healed, but the disciples couldn't heal them. Matthew 17:21. we pick up from there. And this man said, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus after this had taken place. They came to him privately, and they said, Why could we not cast it out? And so Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. How important is prayer and fasting? You can imagine what the disciples might have been thinking at that time. But you just cast it out, Jesus. We, we didn't see you pray and fast. You just spoke and, and that came out. That girl was delivered. She was set free. You can imagine the conversation between each other. Did you see him pray and fast? You know, quite often we have that attitude, or oh, what's going on here? Or what, what can I do here? Scripture shows us that even though Jesus was the Son of God, he spent time with the Father in prayer and many times fasting. He didn't have to pray and to fast to deliver that girl because that was a part of his life. It was his prayer and fasting that set the girl and set the, the father's son, I should say the father's son free. I think I was mentioning girl before, but I meant son. 
set the father's son free. It was his prayer and fasting, but he didn't have to do it at that very moment. It was something that was a part of his lifestyle that gave him authority to do that in Jesus' name. We don't pray and fast for an event. We pray and fast for authority. The power to ask anything in his name comes from prayer and it comes from fasting. And if we're to wage a spiritual battle and to be successful, we must have spiritual armour and use spiritual weapons. Paul speaks in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 to 17, Therefore put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is with which is the word of God. And I was going to bring, I just uh, recently this week brought a, a motorbike helmet and I was going to bring it tonight or this morning and uh, place it on my head and I was going to get uh, those that are here with us and there's only one or two here, but I was going to get them to throw tennis balls at my head with this helmet on just to illustrate when we say put on the helmet of salvation, what that demonstrates. When you put on the helmet of salvation, you're protecting your mind. When you pray, when you fast, you're protecting your mind so that when the words, the fiery darts of the enemy, you can't bring doubts into your mind. It protects you from that. But I forgot to bring it, so I can't do that. So just imagine I've got a motorbike helmet on protecting me. But if we look more closely um, in these verses where Paul tells us that there really is a war, a spiritual war requiring spiritual weapons, And then he tells us to suit up for the fight, to put on the whole armour of God. And so we realise that there is a fight, there is a battle going on, and we realise that we're in it whether we like it or not. You know, if you're a believer today, then you're in a spiritual battle with the enemy. And so we're all suited up, we've got the word of God, we've been reading the word of God, and and, uh, we've got the helmet on, the helmet of salvation you know, and we're holding the, the body, the shield of faith, the belt of truth buckled tightly around us and, you know, to support all the other pieces of the armour, the truth of his word, you know, and our feet, we're ready to obey God's word and to go out and to preach the gospel and we've got the sword of the spirit, the Bible, the sword of the spirit, we've got that in our hearts, in our minds and, you know, just point me in the direction of the battle, just direct me to the battle, I'm ready to go, Lord, you know, point me in that direction. And Paul does, and and the scriptures do here in verse 18. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so you think, is that it? Is that what the battle is about, just standing there and pray? Well, it's a bit like what Pastor Megan mentioned last week with the Tonto and the Lone Ranger. You know, uh, the the horse and hi-ho silver and off they go and then the monks there and saying, well, I want to come with you. But he says, the Lone Ranger says to the monk, now you stay here and pray. Pray, prayer, fasting is the battlefield. If we go back to verse 14, we see that it begins with a command to stand, which is the key word in the whole passage of scripture. 
because you can put on all that stuff, but then you've got to stand against the, the, the wiles of the enemy. You've got to st- stand against the, the attack that's going to be uh, launched against you. And this word here, stand, you know, as I spoke about earlier, it's a, it's a physical thing. You've got to stand physically and come. If we drop everything after the word stand in that verse and then look and go to verse 8 and it says then, stand therefore praying with all prayer and supplication. Prayer is the warfare. Prayer is the warfare. It's the battlefield on which our spiritual war is waged and that's where the battle is won and lost. Before we ever step onto the battlefield of preaching or or teaching or, or witnessing you know, the outcome has most likely already been determined by the prayer of someone. I stand here today saved a believer because someone prayed for me. The power of prayer. When Jesus cast the, the spirit out of that boy, he didn't have to stop and fast and pray. The Israelites meet Alamech in the valley of Red Ephraim. Alamech blocks their path. Moses says to Joshua, get your men and go down and fight Alamech and I'll get up on top of the mountain and hold up the rod to God, you know, the staff. I'll get up on the mountain and hold the staff up, signifying intercession. And the Amalekites come and attack the Israelites and Moses said to Joshua, choose some of your men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. And so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered and Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, you imagine just right now, just if you're out there, just lift your hands and hold them there until I say put them down. Come on. Yeah, lift your hands and, and hold them there until I say put them in. No, no, don't let them go yet. Don't let them down yet. Hold them up. Hold them up. Now, I'm going to keep preaching while you're holding your hands up. Okay, I can see. Hold them up. Come on, keep them up. I can guarantee if you, you were to hold your hands up there by the, for the amount of time that I'm going to take to finish this sermon, uh, your arms would be getting very tired. They'd actually probably start to burn. You can imagine Moses on the hill holding his arms up with the staff in his hand how tired he was getting. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it and Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. And so Joshua overcame the Amalekites, the Amalekite army with the sword. You can imagine what it's like to grow tired. Why is it so important to pray? Well, it's really important because that's our spiritual warfare. But why is it so important to come together with others and pray? Why is it so uh, awesome to pray for 21 days and to fast for 21 days? Because when you come together, your prayers, your intercession, your fasting is actually lifting up the hands of other believers that are struggling. That's how important it is. We don't fast and pray just for the fun of it. We don't fast and pray just for the fun of it. The enemy wants to discourage us from prayer. That's why it's so great to come together. That's why we, we've got 21 days. The, the National Church, Apostolic or Global Acts Church, Australia, have designated 21 days in August to pray and fast. And people become discouraged. Unanswered prayer. Man, you know, unanswered prayer. And finally, they just simply give up. 
They begin to wonder, you know, does prayer really, really work? And why should I pray? You know, if it doesn't work, well, what's it matter? I'll just, you know, I'll just give up. Well, the other night I watched a movie based on a true story. And part of the movie includes, part of that movie includes a part of a, a crusade that Billy Graham ran in 1949 in Los Angeles. I think it was his first crusade that he ever did. And this is what he said. Now, I wonder to do this. I'm just going to repeat his words because um, this impacted me when I listened to it. I wonder if you just close your eyes right now and just listen for the next few moments. As I read the words that he spoke at the end of his evangelistic crusade in 1949 because it speaks to unanswered prayer. It speaks to a lack of faith. And this is what he said. Why is God silent? Why good men suffer? Why doesn't he stop the pestilence? Why doesn't he stop the wars? Why doesn't he stop the suffering in this world? Well, that is the question that has mystified people for generations to generations. If you look into the heavens tonight on this beautiful California night, I can see the stars and I can see the footprints of God. And I say to myself, my father, my heavenly father, he hung them there with his flaming fingertip. And he holds them there by the power of his omnipotent hand. What God asks a man is faith. You can't see him. You can't hear him. God makes himself unseen. But I believe that God is still performing miracles. I believe that God is still healing bodies. I believe that God is still healing hearts. And I believe that God is still transforming lives. He says to each of us, if you suffer, I'll give you grace to go forward. But because you came here, because you can't see him, and in the silence of heaven you turn away from him, and let me tell you, brother, that's the most dangerous place to be, to sit there day after day and never accept salvation, partnering your soul day after day, night after night until it's too late. Then God cannot even reach into your heart of hearts and save you from yourself. You can open your eyes. I think some of you were looking. What spoke to me was this, this short phrase in that passage that Billy Graham spoke, is what God asks of man is faith. When heaven is silent, it's faith that will pull you through. We don't pray and fast just because it's something to do. If that's all it was, no one would ever do it. No one would ever be bothered. But when you understand that prayer and fasting builds authority over situations, it builds your faith so that when you do go through some life crisis, when your whole world is falling apart, when things aren't going the way that you think they should be going, you can have authority in the name of Jesus Christ over that situation. That's what faith does. And, and when Billy Graham said them words, you know, that's what God asks a man is to have faith. You know, when your prayers aren't being answered, it takes faith. How do you get faith? Well, let me tell you. You develop a relationship with God. You come close to him in prayer. You begin to fast. You get on your knees. You get in your prayer closet. And you begin to speak to him and ask him. That's what builds faith. The Israelites suffered from a lack of faith where they began to doubt. They, they just began to doubt the point of their prayer and the fasting. In Isaiah's time, they had the, this attitude and Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 58, chapter 2, verse 3, For the day after day they seek me out, they see me get to know my ways. 
And if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God, they ask me for just decisions and seem eager to come to near to me. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed it? Yet on the day of your fasting, the Lord answers, you do as you please and you exploit all your workers. These people had given up and the key to their frustration was they didn't do it the way it was intended or even with the right understanding. You know, if you think you're just going to pray and fast just to get an answer, you know, if that's all your heart is for doing it, is you're going to pray and fast to get an answer, then you're not going to build an authority in your life. Prayer and fasting needs to become a part of your whole life, just like Jesus was. Just that's what gave him authority to speak to, to that spirit on that boy and see him delivered. People had given up. Pastor Davidson, uh, David Wilkinson, I read a book and he wrote, this is what he wrote, he said, a pastor wrote to me and an alarming letter to me, he said, Brother Wilkinson, this past week I shut down the church. I shut down the church that I've pastored for seven years. I simply disbanded the congregation and left the pulpit. For years we prayed for revival but it never happened. We prayed for a building but it never came through. Over the years we've dwindled down to 30 people. It just wasn't working and now I'm leaving to find another job. And Davidson Wilkins said, I agree, he needs to find another job because he probably wasn't called to ministry in the first place. Because you see, our calling isn't to see revival happen or to have a church building or to have respectable numbers in the congregation. It's to minister to the Lord faithfully and that includes our prayer life. James writes that God doesn't answer the prayers of those who ask for things simply to satisfy themselves. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. James 4.3 In other words, you're not asking for God's will. You're not ready to submit to whatever he wants. Rather, you're trying to dictate to him those things that will satisfy your own heart. It was interesting in that movie that I watched that this man, Louis, which is a famous uh, athlete back in the the 40s, uh, and if you get a chance, watch the movie, but it's interesting that he hated God. When he was, uh, his plane was shot down and he spent 40-something days at sea in a raft, he said a prayer to God, if you save me, he looked up into the heavens, he said, God, if you save me, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And then he was picked up by a Japanese force and taken to a concentration camp and, and beaten and beaten and, and abused and beaten and he had a hatred for God because he thought God was dealing this to him. And right through his life, this was going on. And it wasn't until he sat in that Billy Graham crusade in 1949 and heard them words that he realised that God had saved him and God had given him the grace to go through all that stuff that he went through. And he realised that and he said, I now realise God did save me. He saved me for this moment. God is faithful. Let God be true. Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive it. 
Matthew 21, 22, simply put, Christ is saying, if you truly believe, you'll be willing to wait and expect an answer from your heavenly Father, and it won't matter how long it takes. You'll hold on in faith, believing. What makes prayer powerful is many things. But I'll tell you, the main thing that makes it most powerful is that knowing who God is. You can put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit and the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the belt of truth and the readiness to obey the gospel, the shoes of the, of, of the gospel. But it's your relationship with God. Psalm 34.10 says, The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. We have to just get in on our knees and into our closet and, and regularly seek him with our heart. Your answers may not come overnight, yet God will do his work and in his time, in his way. And our part is in the words of Billy Graham is to have faith and believe. To have faith and believe because we are his children. Ephesians 6.10 as I finish this morning. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that you, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit. Hear that, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep praying for the Lord's people. You might be struggling in your walk. You might not even know the Lord. And you're watching on this morning with this message and you think, well, what's all that about? Well, I want to tell you, it's about knowing who created us. And God loves you dearly and cares for you dearly. And you might be struggling. You may have had prayers that haven't been answered and you think, what's going on, you know? Over the years, I've spoken to different people and just say, you know, well, why has all this happened? You know, and some, I don't have the answer. I don't know why some things happen. I am pretty knowledgeable, but I don't know everything. <laughs> but I do know this. God is real. And if you'll come to him and, and you'll just continue to have faith and to pray and, and to just build your own relationship with him, he will reveal himself to you. Where and will build your faith and you'll come to that place where you will be able to stand no matter what goes on around you. You will be able to stand and hold. Can we pray this morning as we close? Dear Heavenly Father, we come this morning. And Lord, I pray for every person that's watching this morning, Lord, uh, listening to this message. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself by your Holy Spirit to them, Lord. And Lord, whatever their need, Lord, what the things that, that they're going through, Lord, that you would come and you would begin to minister. You would strengthen, Lord. You would give them the grace 
to go through, Lord, the things that they're going through and to come out the other side, Lord, renewed and refreshed. And I know, Lord, there are situations that sometimes are so, so difficult that we think, well, I'm never, ever going to get through this. But, Lord, we can just believe and come to you and, and stand on what your word says, that you love us and you care for us, Lord. And so I ask that you would just minister by your Holy Spirit this morning into the lives of those that are crying out, Lord, those that don't know you, Lord, that they would just come and just say, Lord, I want to know you. Those that are struggling, Lord, they would say, Lord, I give this to you. Help me, Lord, to go through this situation and come out the other side. Lord, we desire so much. And Lord, we see so much. But we ask, Lord, that by your Spirit, you would refresh and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Great to be here this morning and... uh, just pray that uh, you'll just press in and continue to press in in your prayers and your requests to God and and maybe if you've never fasted before you might try to fast maybe just one meal or or maybe just fast from something that you like like chocolate or you can do all the different sorts of different fasts you know and if you need to to get any information you can speak to Pastor Megan you can log on to the click on the button online to request some information and and uh, they'll get some information to you but Whatever it is, don't sit there by yourself. We, we want to join with you. You know, if you have a prayer request, uh, click on the button and we want to pray for that prayer request and see, see answered prayer in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have an awesome week and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. For more information about TCC, check out TerrellganCityChurch.com.